appreciate it. Um, we're going to talk about comparison this afternoon. I know it's something that I get caught up in a lot and have done for many years, looking around me and seeing how is everyone else doing and how do I compare with other people. Um, I think it's something that as women we're particularly prone uh, to get all tangled up in, so I think it's an important thing for us to, to address this afternoon. How many of you are at Emma's other Soul Sister seminar? Put up your hand. Oh, heaps of you. Great. You're doing the double whammy. Soul Sister. Awesome. Um, I hope that you did wonderful things, Em. So that's really great. Um, so we might just get stuck in. I'll just tell you a bit about, about me as we kick off. I'm not going to talk for a whole hour. You'll be really pleased to know, um, particularly on the last afternoon, just after lunch, when you want a cup of tea in bed at home. Um, so I'm just going to share for a while a few thoughts um, from my experience and a few things that we learn um, from scripture and theology. Uh, and then we're going to be supposed to pray for each other and some time for reflection. And so it's not going to be, don't worry, it's not going to be intense and all like very academic and heavy. And so we'll just share and be together and learn from God. Um, does that sound okay? Awesome. Lots of nights, that's what we like. Uh, so I am Emily. I have as shared, if you've been in the night meetings, I did a couple of offering talks earlier in the week and I've been involved with Soul since I was in year 11. One of my friends invited me along and I've been coming along since then and involved with Soul Survivor in various ways. Um, this year I'm on offering talks and seminar, which is fun. Um, anyway, and so I work, I work um, five days a week for a publishing company uh, in marketing, we sell books about tax. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Our managing director tells his kids that he makes books about rules. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> so you could say that I market books about rules for a job. Um, anyway, so take from that what you will. It's, it's all right. It's not amazing, but it's fine. I have amazing opportunities actually at work to share about Jesus. And I've prayed for healing for some colleagues. And God's just opened up some amazing opportunities and conversations uh, to share the gospel at work, which has just been incredible. But that's my life, basically. Work. I'm involved with a church in Crow's Nest called Northside Community Church. Yeah. And there was this weird kind of 
really sick sense of security that came with that, not healthy security, but a kind of sense of, uh, that I'm secure because I'm able to kind of know what my worth is based on how I feel like I am in comparison to other people. Um, and, but that was all wrapped up, and that is just being within a destructive rope because I'm getting my value from looking at other people around me and not from God. Um, Comparison kept my sense of worth and significance attached to my performance, mm. which is exhausting. Mm. It's kind of like climbing this never-ending ladder up and up and up and up in order to feel okay and to have peace about yourself and how you kind of fit into the world. Um, and I would have to climb to a higher rung, so I'd look around to see where everyone else is, is, and if I'm on a higher rung, then I feel like I'm okay. If I look around and I think... Um, say in terms of image, if I think, oh, I'm prettier than that person, then I feel okay, but, oh, there's someone in the image department who is on a higher rung than me, oh, then I've got to keep on climbing to be attractive or have a positive image or whatever it might be. Um, and so just, you see how it keeps you climbing, and the problem is there is always someone on a higher rung. Mm. And so it always keeps you climbing. Mm. It always keeps you climbing. When you get your, your sense of value from how you compare with other people, it's exhausting it keeps your value attached to your performance. There's always going to be someone on a higher run, no matter what it is, whether it's um, the house that you live in or what, how much money your parents give you or how you look or how smart you are or the clothes that you wear or whatever it is, there's always going to be someone on a higher run. Even if it's like it's going to be a photoshopped, that's going to be someone on a higher run. It's not even real. Like We can't avoid the fact uh, there's always going to be someone on a higher run. It's an exhausting way to live. Um, It's not only exhausting because it keeps us working and working and working and working and working to achieve a sense of value, but it actually holds us back to, uh, from growing into the women that God has created us to be. If God, for example, if God has given me, which he had, this is not me, by the way, at all, God has given me skills and gifts to be a brilliant mathematician but and make a powerful contribution to the world in that. But if I look around me and decide that that doesn't make me measure up or give me value, then I might just bury that gifting and not use it. Or if God has made me to be quiet and gentle and a really powerful listener, but I look around me and I see lots of really loud people getting all the attention, then I might decide that I might not measure up and I'll spend all my energy trying to change my personality, trying to be someone else so that I feel like I'm worth something, so that I feel like I'm okay. Is that making some sense? Do you know what? When we do that, we miss out, but also other people miss out because God has given us gifts and our personality and our interests mm-hmm. in order to make a contribution, in order to be a blessing to others. So when we bury who we are, maybe out of shame that I'm not good enough, actually I don't want people to see who I am because that's not okay, other people miss out on the gifts that God has given us and what he wants to do through us. To frame this up as a part of the conversation, Uh, for this week, more than a song. Um, We've been learning that our call as God's people is to worship him, it's to lift him up um, in our hearts and lives as the one on whom our whole lives centre. He's our number one. He's the one that we follow, he's the one that we live for, uh, and he's the one that we shape our lives around through worship. What does that mean practically for our lives? Does it just mean coming to Soul Survivor? 
once a year? Does it just mean singing worship songs in church? Does it just mean um, reading the scripture? Does it just mean listening to sermons? I don't think so. You can probably see that I was going there. Um, to me, worshipping God with our lives is not just an emotional thing. and That's not just to me, that's what I see in the scripture as well. Worshipping God is not just an emotional thing, it's an active thing. Mm-hmm. It's something that we do with our lives. It's taking who God has made you to be, your skills, your interests, your strengths, your abilities, your experiences and your passions, and putting them into action for God. The reason that God has designed our worship of him to be embodied worship, that is worship that's expressed through who God has made us to be, is because it's through our lives of worship that he shows the world his love and he draws other people to himself so that their lives might be healed. Are you seeing why it's problematic when we get caught up in comparison and hide who we are? God God uses who he wants to use, who he has made you to be, to carry his love to other people. And when we compare and as a result hide and bury who we are, it's not really on the it's not really on the table as possible. We miss out and the world misses out. And I think it's important for us to highlight this afternoon why comparison is such a powerful force. Like, it's relevant for all of us. We all do it. Um, And there's this dynamic that goes on behind comparison itself. Um, It's pretty heavy, so this is like the heaviest we'll get, so just, you know, hang tight for a second. Um, Is that our natural bent as humans basically is to worship ourselves. That's where sin comes in, our natural inclination. Uh, is to centre our lives on ourselves uh, and not on God. It's to put our skills, interests, strengths, abilities, gifts, personality, experiences and passions into action for ourselves and not for God. That's our natural inclination as humans. In other words, we take who God has made us to be uh, and we do with who we are what we think will be best for us. And so if I look around and I think I don't measure up, then I will take my gifts and interests, skills, personality, and I'll shape them around achieving a sense of value for myself. And it's a value that's based around where other people are at on the ladder. Um, So we see this all the time. You see friends who change who they are depending on what group they're spending time with. Mm. They shape themselves according to what's going to benefit them to make them feel okay. Somebody who might who might be brilliant at, say, playing the flute, for example, and giving creating beauty in that for people to enjoy, might give that up because it's not cool or it doesn't measure. Doesn't they feel like that doesn't help them to measure up? Um, or others might dismiss their friends because they're not good for their reputation. That kind of thing is what I mean. We kind of shape our lives and 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 who we are around what's going to be what we think will be good for us and help us feel okay in the world. Um, Naturally, that means if we're living for ourselves in that regard, we're not going to be living for God and bringing our whole selves before him in worship. So it's like this double dynamic in my humanity, apart from God and Matt Destry, I really liked what he said this morning about that kind of wrestle. At the same time, we've got, I want to honour God and live for him alongside my my flesh makes me want to live for myself and there's this ongoing battle between the two um, when when we're followers of Jesus. Um, but in my humanity, I'm the centre of my own life and I live out who I am in whatever way would benefit myself. Comparison essentially keeps our eyes on ourselves. 
and fosters our human inclination to live lives for our own benefit. So this is this kind of, uh, this is where we get stuck. This is where we kind of find ourselves. On the one hand, we're called to bring our whole lives, who God has made us to be, all our skills and passions and so on, uh, to God in worship so that he might use every facet of who he's made us to be to carry his love to a broken world. On the other hand, we have this natural bent towards worshipping ourselves and using every facet of who we are so that we might feel okay in the world uh, and for to achieve a sense of worth for ourselves. And so we're kind of stuck in this, both those things happen at the same time, stuck in that little moment. Um, when we, don't, when we get caught in comparison, we don't give expression to who God has created us to be. And so we don't live the lives that he's created us to live. You know, when well, the implications of this are that when we bury who we are because of comparison, our development gets stunted, who we are gets squashed and silenced and muted, we don't grow into the person God has made us to be or live into the purposes that he has for our lives. We don't get to experience the joy of living that life. And the world misses out. Now, what do we do about this? We are always going to be human um, with this bent towards centering our lives on ourselves um, and towards comparison. The Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, is with us and changing us so that we more and more want to worship God and more and more he brings our lives into line with offering our lives as worship to God. Um, but where does hope come from in this, this moment of stuckness that we find ourselves in? Um, where is the way out? Where is the way to overcome comparison so we can live true and full lives of worship? Uh, for me, I'll tell you about how God broke through for me in this um, predicament. I, um, I had this moment one Christmas when God really intervened in my life and really broke the power of that rope, that destructive rope of comparison. Um, that kept me bound to the never-ending ladder. And what happened is that God caught my attention. He took my eyes off myself. He lifted them to Jesus. He took my eyes off myself really by drawing them to Jesus. I grew up in the church, and so I knew um, the Christmas story, but I realised this particular year um, that what we were celebrating at Christmas is God becoming human. Now, that might be a familiar concept for a lot of you, but just think about it for a second in those terms, that at Christmas, God became a person. Like, that's pretty... Like, how do you even get your head around that? God <laughs> became a person. That's ridiculously profound. It's, it's such a big concept. You spend hours and hours just thinking about that. If you really let that truth sink in. Um... And I realised that one implication of him becoming a person, of God becoming human, was that he did it to free me from the ladder, to give me freedom to live my life for him, which is life as it's designed to be lived. Now, as someone whose worth and value came from performing and measuring up and looking around me to see how everybody else was doing, it dawned on me that Christmas... How do you perform for a baby? How can you impress a baby? Does a baby care how you compare? 
is God? How can I keep climbing up when he's already come down? Why do I need to? Why would I? If I get my value and my worth and my sense of being okay in the world by receiving that gift, which comes to me as I am, where I am at, who God has made me to be, if I receive that gift just as I am, <coughs> then why would I need to keep climbing to try to achieve something? He's already come down. And that did the trick for me. I thought, you know what, actually, I have great value and great worth and great significance in the eyes of God, who's the one that matters, because he considered me worth coming, becoming human for. I don't need to compare, I don't need to look around, I just need to believe him, I just need to receive him. That gives us value. And I want to say this afternoon that you don't need to keep climbing anymore. You just need to stay where you are and come as you are and let him meet you there. Receive him right where you're at. You know, Jesus went on to live this perfect life as he grew up and die a sinner's death and rise again in power to break the power of sin and self-worship in our lives so that we might be free to lift our eyes to him for our value and be free from the impossible burden of that ladder. Oh, where's everyone else on this ladder? No, I don't need to climb. I'm just, Jesus loves me, you know? I want to ask you this afternoon, would you stop climbing? And instead, simply receive Jesus. And when you receive him, simply by placing your trust in him, he breaks the power of the rope that keeps you bound to that ladder. And he sets you free. He gives us worth. He gives us value. And he gives us freedom to live lives of worship to him out of who he has created us to be. For his glory, for our joy, and for the good of the world. And let's just put our trust in Jesus and let him bring us freedom to live our lives for him and receive his gift. I really feel like this, this because I've experienced in my own life, this this word, this truth has so much power in our lives. Um, so I, I'm done talking. I really want to make some space now for us to meet with God. Like I, I sense that God is speaking to a number of you about this. Um, so we might just wait, just stay where you are, stay seated and stand up if you like, but let's just make some space. I'll just leave for a couple of minutes for you to, to pray and, and reflect with God. Um, and now I'll, I'll just invite the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us and we'll, we'll pray for each other. Does that sound all right? So God now. <laughs>